Hey folks, welcome back to another special episode of Words from Blurs. As always, I'm JT. By my side, as always, is my host, Adu. What's going on, Adu? What's up? Wow, I like your delivery of oh, what's dude, up. Yeah, close to the mic. Don't tell me how to do my job. <laughs> I just want to make sure the people can hear you. They can hear me! I, I hope. Right, you gotta be like... Boom, like directly facing that joint so that you know they can hear okay your voice. people your uh your what is it baritone or whatever i don't know so it's my bass bass yeah that yeah All anyway right. this is a special episode because we have nothing noteworthy to talk about that's newsworthy so seeing as though it's black history month adu had the excellent idea of us doing a top 10 black movies top 10 favorites favorite black movies of all time, each of us have our own list. Mm-hmm. We will be starting from the bottom. Um, do, and, uh, yours in a speci- uh, specific. Yeah, I, g- I gave myself a, a special caveat because I, I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to limit to li- the list to uh, films that had a black director and a black writer, or at the very least, a black writer and a director of color. Well. I did not go for that criteria. I chose uh, movies with black leads. Um, some do have black directors uh, and perhaps writers, but I wasn't looking for a specific criterion when I was basing uh, my list. So our lists are somewhat different, but again, we will go on succession starting yeah, from the bottom of our list. Just be curious, what what, do you, what is your like definition of a black film? A uh, black movie, a uh, black film is made for the uh, the black audience and for the black culture. Oh, it's made for the black audience or it's a film that is at least for the last, let's say 20, 30 years has been passed down in the culture as a classic film, mm. whether it's action, comedy, drama, what have you. I have a, I have a pretty similar definition, but I would, I would also say, um, has, has a writer and, and, the writer has a writer and director That's that are also title. black. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> <Yeah>. writer. Because, <laughs> uh, like, Bad Boys, right? I, I, I wouldn't consider Bad Boys a black movie. Well, thank goodness it's not on my list. Because, <laughs> like, you know, Michael Bay directed yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, who wrote it? Do you know who wrote it? I do not. And I I feel like Martin Lawrence might have had something to do with it. I'm look At least it the initial one. Because he was the one who got Will Smith in that movie. So if he was able to do that, I assume he probably had some writing or producing credits. Yeah, probably. But uh, so yeah, you want to get to to our list? Well, let's get to our list, man. Remember the last time I did it? We did a list. My whole list disappeared <laughs> right before we did the show. <laughs> you had to do some of them off of memory. Ah, it was the worst. Okay, I think you accidentally skipped one too. I probably did. It, I don't even remember what the list was. I just remember it. It, it was it was head. um top five uh, best or worst movies of last year. Jesus Christ. Anyway, okay. Starting with my uh, top ten list at the very bottom, which again, this I did not put these in any particular succession. Well, okay, I did. Yeah, if, and if we don't mention a movie that you like or something, there's always the chance that possibly we haven't seen it, or, or it we just, just forgot. Didn't pop into our brain. Yeah, you know. Um. So. The bottom half are movies um, that I I casually like, and the top half, which is one through five, are the movies that I thoroughly enjoy whenever I I can watch them on repeat. They have repeat uh, watch value to me. Number 10, Black Dynamite. Mm. Black Dynamite is a wonderful black exploitation movie done by Michael J. White. Love Black Dynamite. I love Black Dynamite. It even uh, got a spinoff animated series called Black Dynamite. Very underrated. Very underrated and canceled too early. I don't know. Uh, I think it, was it done by Aaron Magruder? Did Aaron Magruder have anything to do with that? The cartoon? I think the cartoon he might have. I do not know. Regardless, it's a, it's a hilarious movie with funny action and like almost uh, like some of the best hammy dead stick uh, comedy lines I've seen 
in a a purposely bad uh, black exploitation movie, and also um, it's kind of why I have uh, even more appreciation for uh, Dolomite is my name is mm. because of I seen Black Dynamite and I seen the interviews Michael J White had with that movie where it was just a passion project of his. The black exploitation era really inspired him to get into acting and to learn uh, martial arts. And he's also doing another uh, movie um, in the black exploitation genre, a black western. Oh, yeah. He says he's he's. I think they're they're either they've already filmed it or they're filming it right now. I mean, what's, I saw what's, him, he did an interview with Vlad Vlad TV. Oh no, not Vlad. Oh, what's wrong with Vlad? <laughs> Nah, nothing. Nothing's wrong with Vlad. It's just anyway. He said he was doing yeah. a space western, or not a, a cowboy, a black cowboy a black western. western yeah. What was uh, the last time he had one? Like Django. Yeah, I'm, I guess so. We don't really have many black cowboys, do yeah. we? And, At least not on screen. Yeah, and that's my that's my number ten. Number nine, American Gangster, mm. starring Denzel uh, Washington. It's uh, I think one of his more powerful performances. Um, Dang, I know I can't remember his last name. I know it's Frank something. The main character. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Denzel gets to keep basically basically gets to play the villain, so to speak, and um, it's it's really shows me like Frank Lucas. Frank Lucas, thank you, Adu. Um, it showed showed me his range, his capability of being so uh, dark and stark. And it was just like I've I've seen Training Day, but I felt that this was a whole nother level. He was straight killing people left and right. Killed Idris Elba in plain daylight. Didn't give a shit. Walked away. No one called the police on him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't afraid of the police, and they Who were gonna call afraid the police of him. on Denzel. Hmm? Who gonna call the police on Denzel? Nobody. Not me. And nobody did. And it's just a great movie. And it's one of one of his better performances, uh, also starring uh, uh, Russell Crowe uh, opposite Denzel uh, as the detective trying to take him down, which he eventually does. And it's a true story, mind you, but it's just an amazing uh, story of this this man, Frank Lucas, the American gangster who's had his hands in so much. And he he had the world at his fingertips, basically, and the black community around him. Uh, at his feet, and it was just awesome to see. It was it was definitely a different kind of um, black gangster movie. You know, it was it was almost it, like it was a black uh, mob. Movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a Mafia. black mob movie. You don't see too many of those. Yeah, no, you don't. And it's good to see a black man in the in the the seat uh, of authority and and high position. He was the black Godfather, basically. Yeah, without having to sit down all the time. And my number eight movie is a comedy, one of my favorite comedies of all time, Harlem Nights, mm, starring oh, Eddie Murphy uh, and Richard Pryor. You know, it's, I, I have not seen Harlem Nights. You have not seen yeah, Harlem Nights? I'm going to shoot you on your I goddamn pinky crazy. toe it's right crazy. now because you haven't, haven't seen, seen Harlem it, Nights. I, I know. I need to see it one of these days. Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. I mean, that cast uh, is crazy. That's an 80s comedy trio right yeah. there if I've ever seen one. I'm going to try to see it this week, actually, if I can. Man, I'll text you, know you if it's streaming I'll somewhere? you every day. Uh, I'll send you a link. Okay. Okay. Uh, Harlem Nights, I mean, it's it's funny. Um, it's basically, it's kind of another mob, black mafia type movie with a lot of comedy elements to it. And Eddie Murphy is the um, the up and coming gangster who's just trying to get a a feel and trying to get his hands in different cookie jars, and it's it's funny because all the opposition he has and the people that don't take him seriously, and it, it's it's got some funny ass lines in there, mm. uh, a lot of classic lines, and one of Richard Pryor's better movies because I think this is probably one of the last couple movies he did after he had that. Um, that drug thing where he kind of was he caught on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is one of his last movies after he had that surgery to kind of uh-huh. correct that. And it's Red Fox's last movie, right? I think it might have been. Yeah. Um, I, have, do you, are there any other Red Fox movies? I mean, I know my man is uh, not when that comes to mind. I know he's primarily a Sanford and Son, a, a stand-up guy or yeah, the and TV stand-up era. as well. Hmm. Maybe it was. It might have been the first and only movie. I'm not. I'm not sure. 
But that was my number eight list. Um, my number eight selection. Number seven uh, has a black writer slash director and star um, in and Ryan Coogler and this film is Creed I love Creed mm. I love the first Creed the first Creed was it was great you wasn't feeling that second Creed uh, not as much as the second as the first one uh, I, I, I liked it I did like it I enjoyed it but I didn't enjoy this first as much as the first oh uh, just real quick yeah Harlem Nights was his last movie like that he was actually in he he showed up in a documentary but that was, you know, that's a documentary. And he showed up in Dolomite Is My Name, but it was archive footage. It wasn't, like, actually him. He sh- yeah, I don't I don't remember Wait, that footage. about? Uh, Red Fox. He showed up in Dolomite Is My Name? Yeah, but it was archive footage. It wasn't, like, him. It was, like, old footage of him. It was posthumously. Oh. Okay. Well, of course not, because Dolomite My Name came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, but for, I was like, wait a minute. For a long time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I, yeah. But, but anyway, yeah, Creed is a great movie. It's about Adonis. He's a man born under a name that has a story behind it, that has a legend and an icon behind it. And actually, he was born out of that person's marriage. So technically, he was an infidelity baby, mm-hmm. Adonis Creed. But he break was taken baby. in. A what? A break baby. Yep, that. And he was taken in by um, Apollo Creed's actual wife, who ends up raising him because, I don't know, I guess his mother died on drugs or something. And, you know, you kind of see him give him this this privileged life, this sheltered life, and he's fighting the system that's been put out for him. He's no longer comfortable in a nine-to-five desk job, and he takes into his, his life into his own hands and he asks for the help of Rocky, mm-hmm. uh, Rocky Balboa. And it turns, uh, 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 oh my God, that just name is crazy. Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone turns in a, gr- I don't know why. One of, the, one of his he turns best in a great dramatic performances yeah. he's ever given. Uh, so um, Sylvester is now in the, the role of the trainer, no longer the boxer. And Creed is the hot-headed boxer who thinks he knows it all, who thinks he can get the girl, who thinks he, there's no repercussions in life. And he learns that is not quite the case. And like we said, Sylvester Stallone turns in one of the best performances he's ever give, given dramatically as he, uh, Rocky receives, spoiler alert, uh, well, is given a cancer diagnosis. So they kind of work through that as well in the movie. It's just a great movie. Ryan Coogler did a great job. Michael B. Jordan did an ex had an excellent performance as well as um Tessa Thompson. There's just something about that combination of Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan that, Man, they uh, get it right. Yeah. Fruitvale Station, Station, Black Panther. They get it right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I felt like I would have liked to see Michael B. Jordan as T'Challa more than I would have liked to see. Wow. I, I'm just Hot cur- take. I'm curious to see what Michael B. Jordan as T'Challa would be like you under Ryan Coogler's sure direction. Sure you want to hear Michael B. Jordan trying to do that accent? I don't want to hear um, Chadwick Boseman do that. What? Accent, to be honest. So it's just hot take day today. You you didn't believe it? No. Wow. This and is nice I've to seen me. a lot of African people talk about they didn't believe it either. Like I've seen little actual African who've been interviewed about the movie. They said, yeah, that's an accent. I mean, movie was great, but that accent, boy, let me tell you. I mean, that's exactly how they said it. That I mean, accent boy, let me tell you, that's, that's, that's exactly how they that's said my, it. That's uh, my, <laughs> that's my suburban <laughs> uh, Maryland voice of how they <laughs> said it. But yes, I mean, I'm very. You talking to someone who was raised by actual Africans, and it's like I, I didn't bug me too much. I don't, and I haven't heard. Uh, like I watched it with my dad, he ain't say nothing about the accent either. Although, you know what? I'm gonna ask him about it today. I, w- I want to know what. Yeah, he I'm curious to see what his take on on Chadwick Boseman's accent is. I mean, Chadwick Boseman is a hell of a comedian from 42 to Get On Up as Ray Charles. Did you say comedian or chameleon? Chameleon. Okay, it sounded like you said chameleon. chameleon. If I, I said like, comedian, what? I meant chameleon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a hell of a chameleon. But I'm just curious to have seen. To I'm just curious. I kind of want to see what. Michael, Michael B. Jordan's Jordan interpretation of T'Challa would have been would look like. Mm. I mean, that's not going to happen, but I'm just still I'm very curious. And my number six pick is, um, I think it's 
underplayed and it's you know overlooked sometimes. The comedy it's called Soul Men, starring Bernie Mac, his last movie. Oh, yeah, and, and yeah, Samuel yeah, Jackson. Samuel Jackson, yeah. Don't don't mumble like you knew what I was gonna say. Like while I was, I remember because I know who's in it. I know you're gonna say Samuel yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Okay. I've seen the movie. Okay, sure. Okay. Anyway, it's I I laugh all the time when Bernie's on screen. I mean, yeah, it's one of his last performances. I, I think the other one was Madagascar, which was a, a mostly, it was a more emotional animated performance that I enjoyed. But um, I really like Soul Man. I like the dynamic between Samuel L. Jackson and Bernie Mac. And the comedy that comes from both of them is absolutely amazing. It's a road trip movie. And, okay, did we, I think we talked about it last week. What does every road trip movie have? Uh, a stop at a scene. bar. Yep. yep, and they had that. Yep, and it's it, it was it's always either a karaoke bar or a cowboy bar. Yep. Which one was it? Cowboy bar. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yep, I think it might have been t- two cowboy bars. I think. Oh my god! Yeah, they were just trying to get get in the groove before their big performance because they since they hadn't performed in a while. But it's a funny movie. Um, one of Bernie's last movies, and I enjoy it every time. Uh, I the 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 scene that I always go back to that I could always quote. Well, not always, but I, I quote on occasion is the scene where Bernie Mac pops up at Samuel Jackson's apartment, mm. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson's like, uh, "There's a dog," and Bernie Mac's like, "I don't see no dog, motherfucker. You're the dog, motherfucker." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like it's funny to me. <laughs> and he's, I'm gonna get my cousin to kill this bitch. Oh, he had a problem with this bitch, man. Uh, you, go, you all get me to missing Bernie Mac, man. man uh, Bernie Mac was a funny. I would have loved him to be in my movies. Oh, man. He was, he was always the side character, never the the leading role. All dude had to do was make a face, and he could have you dying. Yeah, and with that eye, boy, <laughs> that, that eye <laughs> mixed with his laugh. <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah. I have not seen the Soulman, uh, uh, Soulman Soulman. in a long time. Damn, yeah. I need to see that again one of these days. Yeah, man. And, and I think Bernie even did like actual stand up in between takes uh, for the movie. And I think that's like the they show some B roll at the end where mm-hmm. he's actually doing his stand up um, for the crowd. It was, it was great. Great movie. Okay, now we're entering into the movies that I can watch over and over again, the movies I really love. Um,. And one you 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 put me onto, I think, and you'll see. Oh, I think I know what it's going to be. I, I feel like you do. Uh, five Ray, Ray starring uh, Ray Charles. Oh dang, Ray starring Jamie Fox as Ray Charles. I put you on a run. Oh, you saying it's in the top five? It's in the top okay, five, it's yeah. not this. Okay, got you, got you. It's not this one. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, right. Jam- Yo, Jamie Fox and Ray. Jay, he killed it. Crazy performance. He killed man. it. And he he actually I think I think he actually had his eyes glued, like his eyelids glued, so that he could actually feel around like he was. Blind. No, he did not. Yeah, I think he said he did. What? At certain points, he actually just like had his no eyes glued, like his eyelids glued down for a while, just so he could be in the character. And dedication, man. When I tell you he 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 embodied Ray Charles better than anybody, I think could have done at that time. And I, I'm pretty sure he did some of his own singing mixed with Ray's actual voice in there, mm-hmm. and it's he got he got an Oscar for it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He got an he Oscar did. for Jamie, that movie. Jamie Foxx is one of those people that is like extra talented for like no reason. Yeah. <laughs> he can do he's everything. A singer, uh, he can dance. He's a comedian. Jamie Foxx, Donald Glover, uh, uh, Wayne Brady, Wayne Brady. Like they're just mad talented. They can do pretty much everything, and it's like, damn, bro. Yeah. Leave some talent for the rest of us. Yeah, Jeez. Okay, okay, you got like eight jobs. Can we have at least like two or three of them, please? Oh, Jeez. Yeah. yeah, Jamie Foxx that movie killed it. And his supporting cast was great. And the life of Ray Charles. And it wasn't like sugar-coated either. Mm-mm. Like you saw Ray Charles go through his, his drug trials and tribulations. You mm-hmm. saw that he cheated on his wife while he was on the road. He got someone pregnant. And and he still stayed married somehow. He still was married. She yeah, stayed. Uh, a lot of times with biopics, they uh, they tend to cut out the more negative aspects of the person. Yeah, yeah just talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's just one example. James Brown, one example. They didn't, really? I I mean, get on. Do up. you think they sugarcoated? Get on up. A little bit. 
Really? Actually, you know, I take it back. Yeah, he when was the last time you seen? Yeah, yeah. I was about to I'm, say, when was the last time you saw Get On Up? They did not sugarcoat that. Yeah, my bad. No, <laughs> yeah. no, they did not. But yeah, it, it wasn't sugarcoated. It was very faithful to Ray's life. You saw the beauty in the music. You saw his come up. People trying to take advantage of him because of his disability. He learning all these tricks to kind of read people, to counting money, to playing the instruments, playing music. He was a true archer, mm-hmm. a true artist, mm-hmm. and his music will last forever, I hope. I, I got George on my mind on my phone. I play it at least two or three times a week. It's a great song. And I love it. So number four, sadder movie, but it's, you know, it's part of our history, is 12 Years a Slave. Ah, uh, damn. Do you have that on there? Do you have that? Now, I don't have no slave movies on my list. Shit. I ain't put no slave movies on there. I I like it. I love the movie. It's it's a very powerful movie. Um, it, it's, I mean, it's it's really hard to to talk about. Look, but... man, I couldn't watch a Michael Fassbender movie for at least a year. Yeah, Michael Fassbender turns in a very powerful performance as a very racist plantation owner. Great performance from Lupita Nyong'o. Chu would tell Edgy of four. Brad Pitt was in there for a hot minute. Um, Sarah Paulson played a bitch. That's cool. I mean, she played one of those jealous white housewives um, who knew her husband was getting down with the black meat. Oh, my God. You know? Why'd you have to say it like that? It is what it is, you know? Uh, Paul Dano was in there again. Yeah. Paul Dano, the upcoming guy playing the Riddler, he he was fantastic in the movie. Uh, Alfred Woodard, a uh, great small little role in that movie. It won a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm not sure if it won Best Picture or not, but it won a few awards. And the talent in this movie was fantastic. The direction from Steve McQueen, black director, fantastic, and um, it's just a very powerful, emotionally moving movie for me i know it doesn't really come close to the actual brutalities of what our people went through mm. during that time but it gave me an insight into just even a small ounce of what it, of what they went through the, from the beatings when you saw the their backs bloody like you literally saw like some spinal columns on some mm. of the people lupita was beaten terribly and you could see the horror in a lot of the slaves eyes and in Chultel Edger Forest character, this educated black man to be forced through slavery for 12 years to find his family after this 12-year period is over of his life, he was treated like a nobody. He was treated like he was somebody's dog or somebody's property when he was a free man. And, and that was the world at that time. And it was just a small niche of what it actually was. And, but, and I love that movie. You know, um, I feel like this is a debate that comes up every time there's a new slave movie. But um, do you think that Hollywood has enough slave movies we don't really need anymore? Um, I think we have a lot of slave movies, but I feel as though we, we keep making them in this artistic art form because it's more palatable that way. And it's like they say, if you if you don't know your history, you're bound, you're to, bound repeat to repeat it. it yeah. So I feel that might also be why there's so many different interpretations of our dark history, just so that we don't repeat it. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's a lot, but I feel as though it's necessary to have. Okay. I do feel it's necessary to have. And what was that, number five? Number four I just did? So, okay, number three is another slave movie, okay? Damn, it's two? Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's not that bad, though. It's Django Unchained. I went from ah, that is not up. a black movie. <laughs> it is. I Jan- I- look, look. I love Django, but that is—is is that really a black movie? It's, it has more mass appeal, yes. But I, I it mean, has it's a Tarantino a movie. Though. Okay, so what? So what? Well, I mean, Jackie Brown is a black movie. Oh, is it? Kind of, Who's yeah, who directs I, that I, movie? I, yeah, I know. That's movie? why I said it. Okay, shut your horn. I know Tarantino, but I don't. It's Jan- this I is my know. list. You're right. It's your list. I just don't know if I would count Django as a black movie, but all right, it's fine. Anyway, uh, we got freaking Jamie Foxx as Django Freeman, uh, a, a, sl- a, a former. See the fact sl- that you're laughing while you're trying to justify. But I'm looking at your list. face. I'm looking at your face, <laughs> as you're like disgusted as I'm saying. <laughs> As I'm saying, Django Freeman. No, I love I love Django, but I just don't know if I would put it on the list like this. 
Well, I'm doing it, okay? I didn't have not one black action movie, and I wasn't about to do Bad Boys because that was, <laughs> that, does not that, count. That's definitely not a black movie. Okay, so I chose to go with Jamie Foxx's slave upheaval movie. Okay, it's about a black man who's um, freed from slavery so that he can help this white man uh, collect bounty. And in the process, they form a plan to get his wife, who is uh, enslaved in a completely different uh, plantation. And um, it's a, a game of cat and mouse of, will they find out why they're trying to buy this girl? Will the girl die before they before they get to her? Uh, is Django going to die? He turns out he's a very capable marksman. Um, it's, it's a good little action movie. It with, is. With it's some, uh, with some drama it's and very some enjoyable. It's it's a little controversial as well because of how many times they use the n word in the movie. They use it quite a bit, and I. This, do, you, do you agree? Does Tarantino write these write it like that? You think? Yeah, he writes. He yeah, he does everything. He writes he his write, movies. You he don't think they, they ad lib it? No, like all the well, niggas. You don't think that oh, did one. you mean did he write every single nigga in the script? Yes. Uh, he might. It's Tarantino. He might have. Jesus Christ. I mean, he's in the movie. He wrote himself to say niggas. So I mean, do you do, now? Do, how do you feel about the number of times people say nigga in the movie? Because I know it's kind of a. I, I mean, I haven't watched it split in in a while. They say it a lot. I, I have the I have the movie. They say it very okay, very often. The count. I I don't know if I have it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna look up the count. I know it's a lot. I mean, of course, enough that set. people were upset about it. Well, but part of me was like. Okay, it, it, it takes place during, you know, slavery. So it was kind of a word that would just be used, you know, by everyone at the time. But also it's like, so you're going to be realistic on that point, but everything else about the movie is going to be fantastical. Because, you know, it's a Tarantino movie. So, you know, exaggerated violence, um, exaggerated bad guys, you know, things like that. So I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, it was another fun performance from Samuel L. Jackson, one of Tarantino's constant instant classic character steven yeah steven the house nigga i'm sorry oh my gosh yeah he is he was the worst and boy what you doing on that yay mm. <laughs> he was so bad he was he was hilarious horse, though uh. he was hilarious he has he has such great comedic timing i think that's kind of why he works so well with bernie mac and the and soul men um but yeah, I I like Django a lot, and um, as controversial as it is, I like it. It's on my list. If you don't like it, okay. That's Although fine. honestly, Tarantino using the it's not even just an issue in Django. It's it's it shows up often in his movies, especially you remember that one scene in uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Dead N Word Storage. You you know I'm like your character didn't need to use that word like all right in Django maybe but eh, you, you ain't need to say it there. Don't you don't remember that, that scene hmm. when Sam Jackson and uh oh my god John Travolta John Travolta are in uh, Tarantino's house and Tarantino's like you you bring a dead N word to my house we was you know this isn't dead N words you really don't remember that scene when was the last time you seen Pulp Fiction it's been a minute. Wow, that that's that's one of those scenes that kind of sticks out in your mind. You really uh, don't like right before they call the fixer. I mean, I remember the scene. But I don't remember yeah. that specific. Dead and worst. Oh, the way he said it, I remember that scene. That joint was just eh, I don't know, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like Tarantino as a director and everything. But I, like, I would yeah. feel as though Samuel Jackson's character would have directed him. See, that's the thing. Sam Jackson's character is just cool with him saying it too. That was wild to me. When I, you know, there's, and I watch Pulp Fiction like all the time because I love that movie. But you know, I don't know. It's just wild to me that Sam Jackson's character is just like, yeah, okay. You know, he don't say nothing about it, but you know. And my number two movie is is the movie you put me on to, Blind Spotting. Yes, yes yeah, yes. number two. All right, yeah, I put you on to that joint. I told you it was dope, man. Yeah, starring David Diggs as a black man who's trying to you know stay on the straight and narrow. After getting out of prison, uh, you know, it's this whole backstory of how he got there and, you know, why he's trying to stay out. And he has this white friend, Miles, who is just like, who's white? I think I said that. He's a white guy, his white friend, and he's uh, constantly getting in trouble, stirring he, up shit. He's basically uh, Chet Hanks. Oh, he basically is Chet, Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks, but actually likable. Somewhat, yes. 
Somewhat, yes. And like you get, you can see, and there's a certain part in his performance where you can see people are trashing him for talking as though he's black, but that was just the way that character grew up. He grew up around black people, and for the disrespect from somebody who is clearly very suburban, of a very suburban black guy talking this shit to this very urban white dude, you feel the disrespect, and you feel like it's like two. It's like two opposites, you know. It's a white guy from the ghetto and a black guy from the suburbs, like going head to head. It was weird to see, yeah, that dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. weird to see that. That was a lot of irony in uh, in that statement in that scene, mind you. And it's just a really good movie. And David Dix, he does like a little monologue towards the end of the movie that's very powerful when confronting this one guy. And the movie's freaking great if you haven't seen blind spotting i'm pretty sure it's on demand on stars i think if you have stars you can find it online uh i think you can rent it for like three bucks on uh, amazon you probably probably rent on amazon for three bucks amazon look it up 3.99 but yeah yeah 3.99 whatever four bucks it's a great movie blind spotting it was very like under the radar very under the radar i had seen commercials for it It, i was planning to see it but it was out of theaters before i could even see it in theaters i don't that wasn't that great for the movie that i can remember Mm -mm. but uh, oftentimes great movies don't have good marketing these days which is very sad you know what part of it was um trailers for that were airing at this uh, around the same time trailers for like the hate you give was and Mm. you know they both dealt with like police shootings so maybe part of it was, you know, people confusing the two or something, you know. Stop, yeah. don't shoot. One of the most powerful lines in the movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that scene, yo. That that joint hit me, man. Very sad. Very sad and powerful. My number one movie is because I relate to it the most, in a sense, without really having been in the situation, is Dope. Hey! You go to high school in Inglewood. Think you're going to get into Harvard? I'm from a poor, crime-filled neighborhood, raised by a single mother, don't know my dad, blah, blah. It's cliche. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekandi. I'm a straight-A student with nearly perfect SAT scores. You probably got, like, one of those photogenic brains. <laughs> you mean photographic memory? What'd I just say? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. Yeah, just reiterating. I play in a punk band with my friends, and I'm a 90s hip-hop geek. You gonna say something or just stare at me? Oh. Dope. Of- Interesting that you put Dope at number one. Yeah, Dope star. Oh, who who's it starring? Oh jeez, I know it's directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Miles, Ma- Miles, Miles Morales. Mother- that's not his, his real voice name. Act- I know it's not, it's not his real name. name. But he's What's the voice his real actor. Name? I was trying to help you remember. Oh my goodness, what is his name, dog? Uh, okay, Shamik Moore. Sh- Damn it! There you go, Shamik Moore. Uh, we got Kiersey Clemens on there. Tony Rivolari. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, ASAP Roxy. Roxy. ASAP Rocky. And Zoe Kravitz, Iman. like you said. And Forrest Whitaker. And Lakeith Stanfield. Who the love of Lakeith Stanfield? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This movie is like, uh, I guess you could say, a coming-of-age story of a black teenager in Compton who who's doing well in school. He's trying to get to college. And it's just like he's jumping through all these hoops to get the money. He's jumping through all these hoops to, like, just to get the girl and it's just a lot of things going on and it's a really dope movie no pun intended yes, i love the movie it you was intended, intended. i did yeah um i love the movie uh i i think i gave it a 10 out of 10 maybe a maybe a five out of five when we reviewed i think did we review it i don't think we reviewed dope okay we should do that one i think time. that was pre at wfb we should do a commentary of dope mm-hmm. i think that'd be a good movie a uh, good episode anyway it's a great movie it's my number one pick um Go see Dope starring Shamik Moore. I'm not sure where it's at if it's streaming. I'm like 80% sure it's on Netflix. I'm very certain it's on Netflix. Because I feel like I see it's. I'm pretty sure I mean, I know it was on Netflix at one point, but I'm not sure if it is anymore. But whoever had the streaming rights, look it up. It's a great movie. It's, it's worth your time, I would say. It's got some nice vibes to it. It's a very, like, maybe watch if you're high. I don't know. Um, but I love the movie. It's great. It's a coming-of-age story about a black teenager uh in the ghetto trying to trying to outlive expectations put on him by the world around him mm. okay and now it's time for my top 10 favorite Here black we go movies with the artsy shit. 
<laughs> hey man, you know I just I be liking that artsy shit, bro. I mean it's just my it's my joint. He likes you it know? ironically. I don't no, I don't. I don't know why you keep saying that. Okay. I don't I, I honestly like these movies. Um so yeah, like I said, I, I limited myself to movies that had a black director and a black writer, or at the very least, a black writer and a director of color. So just as a caveat, so you're not like you're not gonna see I feel like that's the same thing. You said either a black writer and director. You can be of black. color, but there are people oh, that aren't. Color. Yeah, of color. Okay, so somebody like, who's uh, not white. Even though I love Coming to America, it didn't have a black director. So you're not going to see Coming to America on this list. So, like I said, it's interesting that you put Dope at number one because Dope's my number 10. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's a, a very relatable movie. I mean, Shmeek Moore's character is kind of a nerd like us. You know, he loves 90s hip hop. I love 90s hip hop. Uh, you know, and it's just you love to see this character. You want to see this character win. succeed. You want yeah. to see him succeed. He's he's very uh, uh sympathetic, empathetic. You know, he's just a kid. He's trying to make it, trying to get money for college, and who can't relate to that? You know, uh, and you know, you said uh, plenty about dope. Uh, so I won't belabor the point. Uh, go see it. It's a great movie. Uh, very well acted, great cast. Asap Rocky, great directed. You, you great don't directed. usually expect uh great performances from people who aren't like actors, but Asap Rocky did, uh, did a pretty good job. Yeah, he had a small role though, but yeah. Well, yeah, in, in his small still. role, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, Black Dynamite. Huh. Yeah. All right. I'm number ten. Yes, you're number ten. Uh, Black Dynamite. I love Black Dynamite, man. <laughs> it is. It's so quotable it's crazy it how many quotable lines i feel like it should it's really i feel like it should be more ingrained in the culture than it is I f- you don't think it is i think it is i think people really love like that maybe it's not talked about as much as like other films but i feel like in the black community it's 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 kind of iconic i really do but black dynamite i sell drugs to the community like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on <laughs> people lo- people know what you're talking about when you say you when you mention black dynamite you know yeah. you don't think so no, I don't think so. Uh, if I show my dad who who really loves comedies, if I ask him about Black Dynamite, he wouldn't he wouldn't know what I'm talking about. You, really? Has he ever seen it? No. Well, there it is. There you go. But yeah, Black Dynamite, directed but I'm by. I'm saying uh, not, not enough people have seen it. That's why. Oh it, yeah, yeah. It never got a sequel. Did it get? Wait, did it get? A no, sequel? it didn't. You're thinking. You're thinking of series. Undercover Brother too. Oh God. <laughs> you don't need to see that. No. Uh, but yeah, uh, Black Dynamite was directed by Scott Sanders, and also Dope was directed by uh, f- Rick Famuyiwa. Yep, that I was scared I was gonna say it wrong, but there you go. Um, and yeah, Black Dynamite is hilarious. It's a classic. Um, I like I'm, this shit tonight. Yeah, even talking about it is make me want to see it. The cartoon that came from it is hilarious as well. Um, even more quotable lines. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael J. White really shows how talented he is in the action area as well as the comedy area. His comic timing is on point. It's on it. You know, throughout the entire film. Oh, it's, yeah. It's truly just, it's great. Uh, number eight, the first Spike Lee movie on this list. <laughs> oh, how did I not know that? <laughs> Black Klansman. Ah, I thought, I thought about putting that on my list at one point, but I decided not to. What kept you from putting it on your list? Just uh, curious. It, did he just get edged out by other movies? It did. Uh, it, okay. it really just got edged out. Okay. Yes, Black Clans. Oh, what? No, it's in the top twenty. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Klansman starring the son of, of Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington, John David Washington, and directed by and written, of course, by Spike Lee, uh, is a f- movie about a black police officer. And do you remember where they were? Just do you remember? I don't. You don't. Well, it it, it, it takes place during. The the seventies actually, uh, and Colorado in Colorado, and he's a uh, John David Washington plays a police detective who Stallworth. Officer oh, Stallworth. Ron Stallworth, yes, yeah. who goes undercover uh, with John, uh, Adam Driver as his partner uh, as a, uh, a Klansman, and he's trying to stop a mission that the uh, Ku Klux Klan has to. What were they trying to do exactly? They were trying to blow up. They, they, he was just trying to trying infiltrate to, them. And... Yeah, infiltrate them because they had a plan to like bomb a, a, a building or something. It was like a that. house, it was, and they it was, planned... Yeah, it was it, it was. it was someone's house. It was the girl he ended up falling for. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that, no, that was like a backup joint because they had at that point they had like caught on to his like plan. They were like investigating people, but yeah, there was there was like a civil rights like movement kind of you know really burgeoning up in Colorado, and the Ku Klux Klan wanted to put a stop to that. So yeah, um, 
it's interesting because John David Washington uses his voice like over the phone to like join the clan, he uses and then what voice? <laughs> his his uh, his white voice. Yeah, there we go. Uh, to inf- you know to talk with them over the phone, and then they have Adam Driver in person show up to actually be like part of the clan, and it's very the movie. I think it balances its tone very well. It's a Spike Lee movie, so you know it's not like filmed like every other movie. It's it's definitely got some artsy parts to it. Um, you know, it's got that Spike that you know signature Spike Lee shot. You know, the at the, the end, flow. yeah. yeah. Um, it's got the mont that that montage at the end gets me every time. It takes a breath out of my chest where he like shows a collage of photos from uh, Charlottesville. Yeah, you know, just to show the comparison. I mean, like you know, sometimes stuff don't really change. It can't, but that doesn't mean you should give up. That doesn't right. mean you should stop trying. That's why we have these movies. So yeah, we don't oh, repeat our past. And, and that really, like, he had this scene where he—I can't remember the person—but they were he, they were describing this event that actually happened, where it was uh, a black person who was uh, uh, mentally ill. Like he was, he was, you know, he was mentally ill, and um, he was accused of um, sexually assaulting a white woman. So, like, this in the town, like the white people in the town, like took him like in the in the public and you know basically tortured and executed him and like they have this uh person like describing every you know in detail how it went down and you're just sitting there listening the whole time it's like wow you know it's crazy that in america like it happened like you wouldn't it's crazy to think today kind of you know that this actually happened and also, the, the movie itself is based on actual events as well. You know, the whole, you know, infiltrating the clan thing. Yeah, it's based, it's based a off a story. Yeah, it's based off a true story. This is, I think this movie won for Best Adapted Screenplay, didn't it? I believe it did, yeah. Yeah. And it, it deserved it. So, um, if you haven't seen Black Klansman, it's a great film. Check it out. It's, it got Spike Lee his first Oscar. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, Will I mean, that doesn't... One? We hope. It's crazy. That's his first? Wow. Okay, but yeah. yeah. Been directing since the 80s. Yeah. That was his first. That's uh, His first uh, Oscar. Uh, number seven, a classic, Boys in the Hood. Oh yeah, baby. Oh man, Ice Cube, jo- uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, you know it's 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 the most it's the quintessential hood movie, really. You know, uh, it was directed by John Singleton, directed and written. Yes, it was directed and written by John Singleton. Rest in peace. Yes, uh, he's a legend. Uh, you know, everyone's. I feel like everyone's seen Boys in the Hood. You know, it's 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 like I said earlier, it's the quintessential hood movie. It's uh just trying to survive the hood, you know? Um it was it was really the movie that started the the hood movie boom in the nineties, you know. With there is no menace to society, uh, juice, uh, you know, these movies without boys in the hood. You and know there is no don't be a menace to society while drinking juice in the hood. There that. is also there is yeah, no that without that. That as well, yes. Um uh, you know, Ricky. Uh, we're still mourning Ricky, you know. I'm still not over Ricky. Ricky! I'm still not over it, man. Ricky. You know, they didn't have to do him like that. They just did. shot him in the My back man, like, was on his way just... to a nice life. To a career. He had the, the football career. scholarship and everything, man. It just it wasn't it, yeah. Damn. Um everyone puts in a good performance. Uh oh my god. Uh Lawrence Fishburne is iconic as the father of um Cuba Gooden Jr.'s character. You know, he he's he's he really like the thing. they are really close in age to be <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah, kinda. Yeah, but it, you know, you believe it. You know, nah, it, bro. you didn't believe it. Nah, bro. Lawrence Fishburne to me, he just always comes. He's that's he's like really me playing your. That's like you playing my dad. You're like <laughs> two years older than me, my guy. I, I mean, yeah, but I don't know. I, I I bought it. Lawrence Fishburne just is really good at coming off as a dad. Like he's, okay. he's just you know he's got dad energy around him. You know he just like like Uncle Phil. Or the dad, or, or the dad from like Will Smith's father. He, he was actually he was his bald uncle. And gray. He was his I, uncle. I know bro. he was his uncle, but I'm saying he had. <laughs> he actually was someone's looked father. like a dad, uh, or like the dad from uh, 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 Family Matters. They just have dad energy, you know. They come off as a dad. You didn't think Lawrence Fishburne was good at that? No, he 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 definitely didn't didn't come off as I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the father of this 20 year old 30 year old man when I'm also 30 my damn self. Look, I, uh, what I, I, I like uh, it. Uh, what? All right, 
Boys in the Hood is a great movie. I it doubt is. I need to tell anyone to see it. I'm sure you all have seen it already. But yeah. Uh, number six. Uh, I think this is. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Number six Queen and Slim. Damn it. I still haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it? It's on, on Blu ray, right? Uh, it's, on I think it's at least on digital. Oh, guess what? I'm seeing it free tonight, baby. Jesus, man, come on! You need to see, you need to see Listen, it at least tonight. I, I'm I'm I have Parasite prioritized over Queen and Slim right now. Okay, you haven't seen Parasite either. No, Jesus, Christ, I have you a school are life. Slacking, man. Come on, dog. You can say like an at wait. Queen and Slim might be two hours actually. But yeah, Queen and Slim. It came out late last year, and I feel like any movie that has legitimately brought me Let to me tears. Ask you this. Hold on one second. Have you seen the photograph? No, I haven't seen it yet. I've been meaning to, but I, I haven't okay, yet. Well, 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 I want to discuss the dualities of the photograph and Queen and Slim once you've seen Both it. Both of us? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, Queen and Slim, which is uh, directed by Melina Matsukas and written by Lena Waithe, uh, is, yeah, yeah, like I was saying, any movie that has brought me to tears, did this I really feel like this, it, it did. It did. Well, it deserves to be on a list that I make. I'm like, yo, if a movie can cause me to have this emotional reaction, I am not too afraid to admit I did tear up. I was like, damn, they did not have to do them like that. And I hope this isn't spoiling anything for you. I don't think it is. But it, oh, me, it is. It, it, no, but it can mean anything. I could have teared up for any reason. Okay. I could have teared up for any All reason. Right. You know? Uh, like but I, yeah, I Queen and Slim, the best way I could describe it, it's almost like a black fable. You know, uh, Queen and Slim, you have Slim played by Daniel Kulia, who people know, of course, from Get Out. And a newcomer, Jodie Turner-Smith, plays uh, Queen. And it starts out with Queen and Slim on a date. And basically through a sequence of events, they wind up having to shoot a police officer in self-defense. And the rest of the movie, they're basically on the run. And you see their relationship slowly develop into a romance while they're on the run. And it's, they come across a very colorful cast of characters along the way. Bokeem Woodbine's character especially stands out and he does a great job, uh, uh, as his character, which I'm not going to say because he hasn't seen it yet. And it might kind of be a spoiler. So it's, it's just, it's a wonderful film. It's shot beautifully which doesn't surprise me. Uh, Melina Matsukas is a great director. I believe she used to direct music videos. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe she directed the music video for Beyonce's, uh, what's that song from Lemonade? Uh, Formation. I think she directed the Formation video. So I'm not surprised that Queen and Slim looks the way it does. The colors pop. The movie takes place. It starts out in Ohio, I believe, and they wind up in... uh, New Orleans. They wind up in New Orleans, and the whole way there, like you, see, I just have an eye for cinematography when I'm watching a movie, and just everything about the scenery and the colors and the way things pop out, the the clothes that people are wearing, the music in the film is amazing. The soundtrack is solid. The it's been a really good couple of years for movie soundtracks. Actually, now that I think about it, Queen of Slim, uh, Spider Man, a Black Panther. It's been a just wow, just great soundtracks one after the other. Um, but yeah, if you haven't seen Quentin Slim yet, I highly recommend it. I believe it made my top five best movies of 2019. I think I gave it a five out of five. And, uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Next. Number five, do the right thing. What? Another Spike Lee joint? Yes. That is the second Spike Lee movie on my list. Right? Is there a third? Yeah, there's a third. Jesus. <laughs> Mary Mary. Do the Right Thing, another classic. It's one of those quintessential black movies where it's like, damn, if you haven't seen that one, then it's like, what are you watching? So yeah, uh, Do the Right Thing, written and directed by Spike Lee. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a film about just, it's, it's, it's a very New York film. It takes place in Brooklyn, and it, it, it revolves around like racial tensions that are simmering in a Brooklyn neighborhood, which eventually you know winds up in something pretty violent happening in the film and it, it explores characters points of view from their their views of race on different points of view everyone remembers that classic scene in the diner when you have character uh, i think it was spike lee's character saying hey man why don't you have any brothers on the wall and then the racist store owners you know response and it's really interesting to see these characters interact in a very like 
just raw fashion, you know, in that Spike Lee kind of way. I believe it was Rosie Perez's first film as well. Was it her first? I might be wrong on that, but I, I yeah, think it was. It her her debut role. film. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone remembers the Ice Cube scene. I mean, that's the scene. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Do the Right Thing is, is a wonderful film. Um, one of Spike Lee's best movies. If I was doing a countdown of Spike Lee movies, that that's definitely hitting the top five. Uh, hey, episode idea, maybe. You never know. Uh, highly recommended if you haven't seen it. What was that? Number six? No, number five. Number four. Blind Spotting. Hey, the movie I put Justin onto. Oh uh, yeah. Like you said, you you the spoke you spoke on it a little bit, so I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. It's a great movie. I love the friendship that you see between David David Diggs' character and uh, Do you remember the his oh, best? I do not, but it was a powerful. Yeah, you you just they play off each other well. You, it's like you you would have thought that these two have known each other for like decades, you know. Um, they even have like little moments in the movie where they like freestyle with each other. It's just this real as hell. Like you know, sometimes you just with your friends, you just That's be free. Yeah, right you just here. be freestyling sometimes, sometimes when you hear a beat. If you um, can coordinate your words with sounds. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually uh, it's written by the two main actors, David Diggs and Rafael Casal, funnily enough, and directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Again, remember, I said you could have a director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I really wish this movie got more like. More, more like. Traction. Yeah, tra- exactly. Exposure. Traction. Yeah, exposure. exposure. That, that as well, you know. Because it really feels like not too many people have seen it. And it's way too good for people to have not seen it. I think what it is, in addition to the lack of marketing, David Diggs is not a well-known name. If people actually see this movie, it put his, probably put his name out there more often than, than you think. Yeah, I feel like people only know him for, like, Hamilton and his guest spot on uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. You, you didn't know he was in Kimmy Schmidt? I did not. <laughs> Well, maybe just Hamilton, but yeah, David Diggs is crazy talented, man. Crazy, dude, dude. He did, I, what did I? What did I fan cast him as? Do you remember? No, nah, I'm not. I fan cast him as the next Wolverine. What? Yeah, I did that. David Diggs as, as Wolverine. Wolverine? As yeah, race bend the shit out of Wolverine, make him a black man. Ain't even like the black thing. I'm just, I don't really see it. I mean, I. Just, I would like to see it, I guess, but I I, I just can't even picture it in my mind. David Dick just the, off of the, the roles he's had. He's yeah, I mean, nigga, is the mutton chops the only reason why you cast him as Wolverine? No, actually, I think he's a good actor, and the intensity in the last scene of Blind Spotting really made me think. Oh yeah, he'd be great at intensity. I love to see him fucking yell and roar and fucking go berserk like Wolverine does. Um, I love I to mean, see that. I mean, yeah. Uh, 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 what? Brad what? Pitt is a good actor too. I wouldn't cast him as Wolverine though. I wouldn't either. He's a blonde, six foot something man. Yeah. I wouldn't have cast you, Jackman. But hey, he did a great <laughs> job. Again, I don't care about the black thing, but the fact that you just said that David Diggs is black. Okay. You just so said you wouldn't cast the. And I don't care, but you. I, I, I don't Hugh say you wouldn't cast uh, Brad Pitt because he's blonde, but David Dix because he's like. <laughs> it don't make no okay, sense. but David Dix is shorter in stature. And he also has a build of... Hey, of, short kings of, rise up. Not short as you, but he... Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he has a build where I could see someone like Wolverine, he, he could take over that role if we were trying to... Like I'm, I'm not against it. Hey, like I agree. Uh, I, I, David Diggs is a great actor. D- D- David. David Diggs is a great actor. I just... As Wolverine, I don't know. I, don't know. I just can't picture it. <laughs> But yeah, Blind Spotting is a wonderful film. If you haven't seen it, please see it soon. Number three. Billy Porter. The What about Billy Porter? Sorry. I was going to say that, but go ahead. Oh. Number three. The last Spike Lee film on this list. And it's also, it's one of those movies that's a lot more under the radar, similar to Blind Spotting. Bamboozled. Now, from the face that my co-host is making right now, I'm fairly certain he's never even heard of this film. I've never even seen it, no. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah, it's 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 a very very low-key Spike Lee joint, man. It's 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 hard. You can't even like buy it for real for real right now. But you know what the Criterion collection is? Have you ever heard of the Criterion collection? Sure. You can say no. no. It's fine if you don't know things. I'm going to explain I, it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, the Criterion collection is basically this group that like, you know, puts out like 
you know, films for purchase that may have been like lost to like media, lost to time or whatever. Bamboozled is the Criterion Collection is going to release Bamboozled in March again for purchase for like 32 bucks, Blu-ray, 20 something DVD. Purchase that movie. It's very, very good. It It's again, written, directed by Spike Lee. It stars Damon Wayans. Uh, ooh, Will, 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 Will Smith's why? Uh, oh my Jada God. Pinkett? Yes. Jada Pinkett Smith. Thank you. Uh, Michael Rappaport. Really? Yes. Uh, Tommy Davidson. Guy. I love that guy. Yes. Very, very it, solid stat cast. You know, it's interesting that you use that word. Okay. Because kind of, but also not really. Like, at, it's kind of a dark comedy. Jesus Christ. But it's also kind of like serious, but also kind Okay. So, Damon Wayans plays a TV executive. Mm-hmm. and he's very sick of his job. He's mm-hmm. tired of it. He wants to get fired. And he figures he the only like way... <laughs> well, he he's one of those uh, TV execs who's like, I am an artist. You know, he's very serious about his craft. And he's right, like... Get the fuck out of here. He, 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 keeps, he, he, every t- he, he keeps making, like, television shows, right, that are, like, show the black community in a positive light. Mm-hmm. But Mike... No, no, wait, my... I'm going to correct myself. He's not an executive. He's like a TV show creator. A producer. Yeah, exactly. Michael Rappaport is the TV executive. And Michael Rappaport is playing Michael Rappaport. Oh, fuck. So he's, he's yeah, he's that kind of TV exec. Oh, and also Damon Wayans the entire time is putting on a, a, a faux white voice. He's talking like this the entire film. <laughs> and it, it sounds, now when you watch it, when you watch it, it makes sense. There's a reason why he's doing that the whole movie. I'm not going to get into it right now because we don't have too much time. But yeah, just to speed things along, he uh, every time he puts out a, a, a show that puts black people in a positive light, it gets canceled because Michael Rapport is like, that's not what's selling. Man, people don't want to watch that. I know niggas better than you do. And yes, he uses the N-word. He's that kind of white person in the film. You know, you want to know a line of dialogue Michael Rappaport's character actually says in the film? Man, don't give me that shit about using the N-word. I married a black woman. I got two mixed-race kids. I know black people better than you do. These are actual lines his character uses in the movie. It's a Spike Lee movie, so, you know, it ain't going to be too subtle. You know, it, 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 it works fine because, you know, it's Michael Rappaport. And you know how Michael Rappaport is. I love Michael Rappaport. <laughs> oh, you do? I I do not like Michael Rappaport right now. Like at all? Nah, not anymore. Okay, we'll just say later. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll say why later. But yeah, um, so Damon Wayans is like, okay, cool. Since none of my good shows are gonna get greenlighted, all right, I just want to get fired. So I'm gonna make the most racist show possible, and then they'll have to release me from my contract. And they end up fucking. Greenlighting it, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yes, they do. It gets greenlighted. Now you know what it is. You want to know what the name of the show is? Mantan, the new millennium minstrel show. <laughs> do you know what a minstrel show is? As a foreman on the period. <sighs> no, <laughs> M- minstrel shows are uh, blackface shows. Yeah. Back, you know, way back in the past, America's America's past, they had minstrel shows, which were basically white people who had blackface. But Damon Wayne's character puts a twist on it. You know what his twist is? He does whiteface? Nope. He has black people in blackface. Or as his character says, we'll have black people in blacker face. <laughs> he says it's just like that too. Like I said, he's got that accent on the entire film. Um, and it's 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 a biting satire on like the relationship between race and media in America. Like there's this there's this scene where uh the one of the the main the one of the people in the blackface uh show, they're like literally dancing on a table for Michael Rappaport's character. Literally. And it's like, you know, it it it, it, it definitely Spike Lee explores what is that line in America between like black entertainment and just straight up minstrel shows. You know? Like, at w- what is it our responsibility to, like, really, like, you know, pay attention to that and see how the way, see the way we're portrayed in media in America? And it's just, it's a very biting commentary. I, I love the film. Um, the film had, like, no budget. So if you watch it, it's it's filmed on tape. Like, it's almost filmed, like, it looks, it looks like a reality show. 
you know, because again, he had no budget for it. But it's it's really it's and you know, it, certain angles and cuts, you know. But it's a it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. Very low key, very under the radar. You know, it, it, it's it, I saw that movie and it's stuck with me ever since. You know, okay. I can't say enough about it. Number two, Get Out, directed and written by Jordan Peele. You know, everyone's seen Get Out. I don't got to say too much about it. It's about a black guy who's dating a white woman. Uh, you know, he gets invited to her parents' place for the weekend. And, oh, it turns out all of a sudden uh, some weird stuff is going on with the black people that work for them. I'm going to go too much into it in case you haven't seen the film. But A lot of subtle themes in there you got to look out for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of subtle themes of... Uh, uh race and- yeah race in america interracial relationships all the stuff like that so you know if you haven't seen it definitely check it out it's one of my personal favorites i could watch it a hundred times over and over again yeah and what's your number one my number one uh favorite black movie is friday now your mama told me what happened to you yesterday how the hell are you gonna get fired on your day off She bending over. I'm Miss Parker. Hi, boy. Miss Parker just don't know. Come here. What's up, Big Pine? I mean, Big Wine? If you ain't got my money, I'm killing you and him. You don't drag me into this? I'm used to stealing. Get in and get out. Here come Debo. Give me your stuff. You want me to ask for my bike back? What bike? The one I let you use a couple of weeks ago. Friday, starring Ice Cube and Chris Tucker, eh? Yep. It is written by uh, Ice, Cube. Ice Cube and directed by F. Gary Gray. Man. Is it F. Gary Gray or F. Gray Gary? F. Gary, Gary, Gary Gray. Gary Gray. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic. Again, I could watch it a hundred times. That movie makes me laugh every time I see it. How you get fired on your day off? You know, it's just lines like that. How the hell you, know? you get fired on your day off? And I love all the Friday movies, but I don't think there's been three. I don't think there's ever been one better than the first one. I agree. Always in the kitchen. You know. Eating all the food. Again, it's another. All the pigs. It's pigs. easily quotable. All the hog <laughs> Oh man, rest in peace, John Witherspoon, man. man yeah. Jesus, that's uh, one, uh, one of the best black comedies there is. One of the best. Yeah. It might be the best. Well, Possibly one, one of the best black comedies of the '90s that holds up today. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I uh, it's 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 a very simple story. You know, it's just two friends hanging out on their front stoop for a Friday. You know, and stuff happens you know it's 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 great you know it's it's very it's real simple but it's hilarious you know it is and it's basically just a a, a, just a day in compton yeah just a day you know the comedy comes from the 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 dialogue yeah the yeah the dialogue that occurs between chris rock chris rock jesus chris tucker Mm. and ice cubes too many chris's oh if chris rock played uh smoky bro that'd be wild oh man (laughs) Uh, that'd be crazy, but yeah, uh, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube's characters—they have great—they have great a great chemistry. relationship. They have great—they have great chemistry. Great comedic. Uh, they play off of each other very so well. well. Um, every every single—I think every character in that movie is actually iconic. Yeah, they all have their own iconic lines. Yeah, Bob Felicia, Friday is used today. Friday has a whole new meaning in 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 the 2010s just because of one phrase. Mm. You know, it, it's crazy. But um, yeah, Friday. Obviously, I, I very much doubt if you're listening to this, you ain't seen Friday. So, watch it again. Yeah. Uh, and that is it. Those are my top ten favorite black films. Those are our top tens. We'd love to hear what yours are. You can leave them in the comments section down below, wherever you're listening to us. Make sure you're subscribed to us. Make sure you share the show with us. You can find a do where on socials. Twitter, IG, do underscore man. That's 1A2Ds10 underscore M-A-N. Follow me on PSN at admant. That is 1A2Ds M-A-N-T. 
You can follow me, JT, uh, on Twitter at JBAT97. That's JBAT97. Follow me on IG at One Handsome Geek. All one word, no letters. I mean, no numbers, just all one word, One Handsome Geek. Follow me on PSN at Mystery997. Follow the show, Words, Words from, from Blurred, spelled how it sounds. You're clearly listening to it right now, so you know that. But Words yes. from Blurred. Follow us on Twitter as well as our brand new Instagram. Yes, follow us on IG. We. We we want t- Twitter followers. We want IG followers. We want all the followers we can get. Okay, mm-hmm. we want to spread the word from these blurs to you. Okay, and that's the show. Yeah, listen. Those are our top tens. Listen to the show everywhere. Uh, you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. And that's been the show. We're the words from blurs, and we're out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>